0: You are listening to Melbourne Lights Church weekly podcast. Good morning. It's awesome to be with you. I have the amazing privilege today and I don't take it lightly. I don't like preaching because I feel it's such a big responsibility. Like, yeah, so I think well done to those of you who do this all the time, my husband included, gracious me. I remember when we first started leading the church, every Saturday it was like a nightmare because he was so stressed about a Sunday and he's got more and more in step with Jesus and confident in what God has spoken. So that's where I want to slide into that today. May I be in step with Jesus and what he has to say. So, um, can we start by opening our Bibles this morning? We're going to go quite, quite a bit into different parts, so get ready. If you're ready, if you're a good flicker, if you're going to be distracted by flicking, write them down and look at them on the screen. Genesis 11, verses 1 to 9. I'll start, yes? Now, the whole world had one language and a common speech. As men moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. They said to each other, Come, let's make bricks and bake them thoroughly. They used brick instead of stone and tar for mortar. Then they said, Come, let us build ourselves a city with a tower that reaches to the heavens so that we may make a name for ourselves and not be scattered over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to the city and the tower that the men were building. The Lord said... If there's one people speaking the same language, they have begun to do this, then nothing they plan will be impossible for them. Come, let us go down and confuse their language so they will not understand each other. So the Lord scattered them from there all over the earth and they stopped building the city. Now come with me to Acts chapter one. So just remember that, that's the Tower of Babel if you haven't heard about it before. That's what that story just was that we read. And Acts um, 1 verse 4, Jesus, uh, Jesus is still with them. He's about to go. and he's th- So he's risen from the dead. He's with the disciples. And he says, On one occasion while he was with- eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it's not for you or I to know the times or dates. The father set this in his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After this, he was taken up before them, before their very eyes in a cloud, away from their sight. Verse 12, they returned to Jerusalem because who told them to do that? Yes, how good were they? Well done. They listened to Jesus and they did what he said. When they did what he said, come with me to Acts 2. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. All of them, not some of them, all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now I've lost where I am, sorry. Um, (laughs) And began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? (coughs) Parthians, (laughs) Medes, Alamadites, residents of of Mesopotamia, Judea, (paluns) (laughs) Ancapodontia. That's how Henry prays in tongues. Egypt and other parts of Libya, they came together and they were amazed to hear the wonders of God in our own Tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked, what does this mean? From that moment, when the Holy Spirit came, the gospel was spread throughout the world. What happened in Genesis with the Tower of Babel was they were trying to build their kingdom, what they wanted to do, and God spread them apart. When they came together, what God told them to do, they were drawn in unity, and everybody understood their language. When we come together for God's purpose... They didn't try to speak another language. They weren't trying to speak the languages. They were doing what God said and he made what they were saying break break people's hearts open. So I just feel like this morning I wanted to start by saying, may we be unified by hearing God's voice and doing his will because then no man can stop what God wants to do through us. Okay, thanks guys. They're my little cheerleaders down here because they know I get nervous and my hands start to. (laughs) (laughs) So we've been in an amazing few weeks of being invited to the table of revival. And like sitting around, revival, if you don't know, is the awakening of God's people to their true nature and purpose. Those guys in Acts were awakened to their true nature and purpose by the Holy Spirit, bringing back to life that which was dead. Revive the word, bringing back to life that which was dead. <laughs> That's what we're called to be. We're people called to bring life to what was dead. Very simple. We get like in our heads, oh, what is revival? I'm so confused about what is revival. Bringing God's will on earth, bringing to life that which was dead. Done. Yes? Okay, good. So we're like, oh, revival, revival, revival. Revival, yes, but we are the, the, what are this? The conduit, thank you, darling, of revival. Okay, now we're going to another part. Come with me. Now we're going to Genesis 3. So we're going on a journey. We'll get the, you'll get my point in the end. I'll make several points on the way, hopefully. <laughs> Thanks, Bex. I love you. Genesis 3, verse 8. So this is, we, I'll paint you a little picture This is the Garden of Eden. This is God's original design for man and woman to be in the garden with the animals walking with him. That was just normal. That's what they did. Okay, so verse 8 says, Then the man and his wife, so now they've just eaten the fruit. They just did the wrong thing. They just started sin in the world. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden but the Lord God called to the man "Where are you?" he answered "I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked so I hid." So I, God doesn't like it's not fresh for them to hear God. They knew the sound of God. They knew what it was like to walk with God, with God in the garden. And before that moment, that had just been normal. They walked their life with God in the garden. They met with him daily. It was normal for his presence to be around them. They knew what he sounded like in their lives. And then they're like, oh, sin. And now they're separated and they're hiding can I just say, when we hear the voice of the Lord in our lives every day, he will show us our sin in the moment. Just repent then and keep going. Don't hide. That's okay. That wasn't, that was for free. Yeah. Okay. They were fully awake and fully aware of the presence of God. I feel this morning, I wanted to say that connection with God is so important. And for us today, if we're going to be the conduits of revival, we have to be in the presence of God and hearing his voice every day. The only way we can bring his life and love to the world is to be hearing it for ourselves and to be walking in it ourselves, to be walking in the garden every day. So it's not going to be weird for DJ to be on a meeting with a client And feel God prompt him to share something and share it and bring the kingdom to that meeting. That's going to be normal. It's not going to be weird for the mums to be at the playground and to be talking about Jesus and other people want to know what they're saying. It's not going to be weird for our kids to be praying for their friends in the playground because they walk with Jesus. It's not weird because that's normal. It looks weird to other people because that's not their normal, but when we walk with Jesus every day, when we lean into Him and it's just normal to walk with Him, to be aware of His presence all the time, how often do you stop in the day and just go, where are you, Jesus? What are you saying? Around the table a couple of weeks ago, Monica said, and just stop and, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? And I was like, oh, that was just like poof. Yeah, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? What do you want to do? If we just paused and stepped back and listened. Yes. Listening to him every day, what should I, how should I live? Where should I live? How should I invest? What decision should I make? We move from a normal to a supernatural life. And that's our call as children of the King. We can't allow um, systems to replace connection with God. We can't allow systems to replace connections with, connection with God. For many of us, the systems like church, discipleship groups, prayer, even our quiet times and reading the Bible daily, they're good things, but we allow the systems to replace our connection with God. Fellowship with the presence of God. Walking with God in the garden. The normal of being in his presence. This is um, my daily struggle. My dad will often say, you only come around here when you want something. Oh, it's true. <laughs> Even with my kids, I find like, oh, we've got to get the things done. But how often do I just sit and connect? You know, like if we, if we did that with Jesus, how much more would we do it in life? Maybe start by doing it with Jesus. And from that, the normal of walking with him, the normal of just being aware of his presence and his promptings and listening to him will become normal for us to stop in the moments with people and do that too. In Genesis 3 verse 8 that we just read, they hid themselves. And this morning, some of you are thinking, oh, the holy, I can't go there. We were reminded this morning the veil has been torn. Our nakedness is gone. Because of what Jesus did. From the time in the garden until the time that Jesus rose again, God tried to make ways that people could be in his presence, but we, until Jesus, it wasn't perfected. And then that curtain was torn and it's gone. Because the blood of Jesus, it's gone. We have right standing with God and there is no need to be afraid. They were afraid because there was no way Adam and Eve in that moment could be right with God. There was nothing they could do. There was no path. Nothing had been shown. Now we know. Oh, what a beautiful time to live because we mess up. Can I tell you? I probably sinned this morning. DJ likes to point out my sin quite regularly. Bless his soul. He said this morning, you're going to preach. Oh, what did you just call me the other day? I was like, oh, snap. (laughs) I love you, DJ. The Lord puts people like DJ in our lives as well. (laughs) that's not your fault, you don't have to apologise for your husband, I love him. Okay, in the very beginning of the scriptures, God came to man and said, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, but in the beginning, God, that word God is Elohim, I'm going to read this because otherwise I'll stuff it up. It's a singular word, which means God is one, but at the same time, that word is plural. So right at the beginning, God introduces himself in his plurality, yet one. He says, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit eternally as one, eternally connected together, eternally in communion with one another. That's how he introduces himself to us and then he says, now I will create you in that image. I will create you to be eternally connected with me, to be one with me. The connectors, the eternal relators, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit were created into the image of the Father, into the image of the Son and into the image of the Holy Spirit. Spirit, soul and body created to connect with God. When we're not connected with God, um, our purpose is to use our bodies for pleasure. When we're connected with God, our purpose is to use our bodies for his glory. We are made alive in the Spirit. Our soul can speak to the Father, to the Son, and to the Spirit and worship. It's why when we get together in worship, our bodies want to do stuff. It's why we raise our hands, we dance, we yell, because our bodies were made to worship. And when we are connected to Him, our bodies can't help but worship. It looks different for all of us, though, can I tell you? Be free to worship how God made you to worship but don't settle back into this is how I worship settle into what do you got for my body to do god to worship you the tragedy of our journey is that we're seeking we have oh let me start again because this is a good one okay <laughs> the tragedy of man's journey is that we have a seeking god and we're a hiding man god seeks His nature is for relationship, to seek us out, to communicate with us. The only reason we're not hearing him is because we're not listening. He wants to guide us. He wants to be a father to us. We hide because of our sin, our brokenness, our shame, our lack of identity. But it's time to walk in the garden again. It's time to throw away some of our systems that we're using to make a relationship with God and just be with Him. Now, I'm all for systems. I love systems. I love being at the prayer meeting. I love being in discipleship groups, being in leaders' meetings, but not because it's the right thing to do, but because I love to be with God's people and in his presence like that. But that's not the only time I'm in his presence. It's a beautiful time because it's like the presences of God's all together. That's like a weird, bad theology. But, you know, there's something of the fullness of God that happens when we come together. But that, I'd come together for that, not because it's the right thing to do. Ah, oh, sorry. So, the, Adam and Eve walked with God in the garden, right? Yes, it was normal. They heard him. They knew what he sounded like. He told them things to do. They, he, they did them because that was just normal. It was a lifestyle. In, where was it? In a what? Okay. So then... This morning, believe it or not, I changed my preach a little bit. And Matt's like, In John 19, verse 41. If you want to go there with me. Will we go there? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. Thanks, Louise. I ran it by her. She thought it was good. Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. So... Adam and Eve were separated because of their nakedness in the garden. They couldn't walk with God anymore. They were embarrassed and hid from him. Now, Jesus has died in this. This is where we're up to. Jesus has died in John 19, verse 41. Um, And they are taking Jesus' body. Two of them have wrapped it in spices and strips of linen in accordance with the Jewish burial customs. At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb... In which no one had ever been laid. Because of the Jewish day of the tradition, it was a tomb nearby, they laid Jesus there, where they laid Jesus, where he was resurrected back to life. So they lay his body there. The same place he was resurrected and brought back to life was a garden. God was restoring for us to be with Jesus and walk with Jesus in the garden for that to be normal. That's just a, it's just a picture of like what God was doing. He's in the details. It doesn't, it, the, the Bible mentions the garden because God had a purpose in that. And I just wanted to like highlight that parallel this morning that yes, we were separated in the garden, but because of the power of his resurrection, we can walk with him now in the garden. That is our normal. Don't let, don't let shame and sin separate you. Jesus paid for that. The power of his resurrection means we can walk the normal of our supernatural life Just walk with him, be with him, listen to him. He's always there, he's always waiting. He's never ever hiding. We hide, he doesn't hide. He's never missing. He's just waiting for us to come again and listen. The scripture says, Let our petitions be made to God. But we often limit that as the only way that we pray and connect is just us saying, God, protect my family. God, provide. God, keep me healthy. God, thank you for this. God, do that. How often are we just listening? The better prayer would be, Wake up in the morning. I'm here, Lord. Speak. Like Samuel said from his bed Here I am, Lord. Speak. I'm listening. Let him know you're listening and listen. Be an active listener, not a talker. Some of us are not hearing his voice simply because we don't walk in the cool of the garden. It's not normal for us to walk with him. The more we do that, the more we get confident that, oh, that is how God speaks to me. This is normal. We allow the systems and processes of life and things that we've been taught to guide us instead of walking with him and hearing his voice feeling the heartbeat of heaven. We replace the Old Testament priests with New Testament prophets, elders or leaders. I'm not against them. I'm part of a team that does that. But I think and know that they're critical for releasing God's glory, but they can't replace God speaking to us. You can't. Revival does not start on the stage here. Revival starts when you hear God, you walk with Him and you lean on Him and you trust Him. Then He's going to use us for great things. Exodus 20 verse 18 is when um, Moses is with the people and... Now when all the people saw the thunder and lightning and the sound of the trumpet and the mountain smoking, the people were afraid and trembled and stood far off and said to Moses, you speak to us and we'll listen, but do not let God speak to us lest we die. The veil has been torn. We can enter the Holy of Holies because Jesus paid for us to be there. We don't need to be like that. We don't have to wait for someone like Moses to tell us what God said. People, God places wonderful people in our lives like that to confirm what God said, especially when they're big directional things in our life. But our everyday life, we don't need to wait for a Sunday morning to know what God's saying to me now. We just need to walk with him, listen to him and follow what he says. It's time for us to walk with him, to connect with him and to talk with him. It's critical for our development. Some of you may be frustrated that you're not growing on your relationship with God can I encourage you to just stop, be still, and be with him. Listen to him. Walk with him. I, am, I walk like this. Yeah. Very, very fast everywhere I go. And Matthew and I are married. And we like to walk together sometimes. And I've had to change the way I walk because it's not very leisurely for him to walk like this. I mean, I can't really do it well in my heels. Yeah. Yeah. I'm always on a mission I've had to learn to slow down and walk with him to be step, step in step with him now I've got to put them back on because I'm a bit low for the table that's better that's why I have to wear heels when I preach it's not about what it looks like it's purely practical <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm saying that oh yeah okay so we've been married for a long time and we walk now, we're walking more together. That's a practical picture of it. But you know what else happens when you're together all the time like that? We're very, very different people. Completely different. I know, I know, I know it's amazing. But over these 18 years, I know now how he thinks. I know what his little facial expressions mean. And any of you that have been in the church a long time also know what this means. <laughs> Because we spend time together, that's what happens. (laughs) Yeah, I won't even look at him when I'm preaching because... (sighs) Or this morning when he's like, that was me being rebuked because I put the heater up this morning, I forgot to put it down. So those of you who are usually cold in church, you can be thankful to me this morning that you're warm. Yeah, the poor worship team were almost melting. (laughs) And I thought it might have been the fire of the Lord and then I was like, oh no, whoops, I did put it up to 25 this morning. Ah... Sorry, my point is that because we spend time together, that's our normal, to be together, to talk together, to have meals together. I mean, we, we do life together too, the stuff we have to do. And the same with God, the stuff we have to do. But I know what he's thinking and how he is because we spend time together. It's our normal. I know what his little laugh means like that. I know what his laugh sounds like. I could listen back to this podcast and know that was him because I know what his voice sounds like. That's what happens with God. When I first met Matt, I didn't know those little things. I just was in awe of how beautiful he was. was uh, his beautiful shoulders and ah, oh, oh, and his cute little accent. Ah, oh, don't don't do that. And Betty's eyebrows, I had to fix them. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I do. And my point is that that's what happens with God. We don't have to fix God, just so you know. But He fixes us. He, like, plucks the things out of our life that shouldn't be there. <laughs> Sorry, darling. Oh, dear. Uh, in Hosea verse, chapter 11, verses 3 to 2, it's Ephraim, anyway. Thank you, darling. God says, I am the one who picked you up and who held you by your arms. So when we're rushing through life and we just stop, we realise that it's God who was with us there, there, there and there. When you stop and you actually look back, even in some of the worst times of your life, ask Jesus to show you where he was because he was right there. It doesn't matter what you're going through. He's right there. He promises that. Like, even in the valley of the shadow of death, he will be by your side, protecting you and guiding you. Where is he? Look for him. Listen to him. Sylvia's got a wonderful testimony on this, and I'm not going to get her to share it, but I talked about getting her to share it. But ask her to tell you, because it's great. It's just normal life. Just, Jesus, where are you now? What are you saying? What are you doing? May that be our, like, you know, we ask everyone, how are you? Maybe we could, like, add to in our heads, like, okay, Jesus, when I've said, how are you, where are you? Like, what do you want to say? What are you doing now? Like, what have you got? Some of us struggle with sin and issues we can't break off because we're trying to do all the right things to stop it and we struggle but nothing's working. But when we stop, walk in the garden, look into his face, we're reminded the power doesn't come from us. It comes from him. Our ability to head down and bum up and make it work isn't enough. We can get so far... We can't get the breakthrough because he is the God of the breakthrough. The power comes from the living God, walking with him, looking into his face and that power transforms us, gives us strength. (sighs) If we don't ever slow down and stop talking and stop with our systems, we'll never hear. Some of us lack confidence with our children, in our homes, in our work. We're, not, we're too scared to share the gospel. Is it the right thing to do? We slow down. We lack confidence because we're not hearing from heaven, because we're not walking with God. To come and seek his face. Today, the kids have been doing a, a gospel series and we've learned lots about what Jesus did. We've talked about the veil. We've talked about reconciliation, the blood, the power of the resurrection. But today, like, is our last week. And all I want them to know is who Jesus is for them. Because that is what you give to others. You can't give to others what you haven't walked in yourself. If we want to partner with God in revival and not be left behind, we have to walk with him in our everyday life so he can use his power through us to touch and reach others. Let us not be frustrated because he's not using us. Let us be, God, what are you doing in me so that you can use me? And that power, that revelation, that testimony will be what brings freedom to others. May we not be frustrated in the valleys, but when we look to God, as we walk with him, as we sit with him, as we know him, as we look into his face and are transformed by him, may we know what he's doing and then we can release that to others. Let's not try to release to others something that isn't ours. We have to stop living as if we don't have enough and rest in that he is enough. If all I do for the rest of my life is walk with God and he doesn't use me for anything super exciting, what a life like. May my kids see that it's normal for me to walk with God. May they know that when there's something happening that it's fine to just stop and talk to God, listen to God, be with him. My favourite place to be is in the garden. Someone came to me this week and said, what's an interesting fact about you? I was like, I love to garden in the rain. I love it. It's my favourite thing. And for me, that is the garden. The garden is the garden. The garden is like me being in the garden with the Lord. It's my favourite place to be with him. He speaks to me. And then I think about the rain. You know, we pray, let it rain. And rain in the garden, like the presence of God, and then his washing, refreshing rain comes and changes us. It makes things grow. Like it's just the nature of being with God has the power to revive and restore. May that be our normal So I started with like that God divided them because they were trying to do their thing and then he unified their language, made them be able to communicate and do powerful things for the kingdom because they were doing and listening to what he told them to do. What he's telling us to do is to be with him and in that be obedient to him and from that the world will be changed. Some of you are going to go to new nations. Some of you are going to start groups. Some of you are going to start businesses or just see kingdom come and transform the businesses that you are in. Like, oh, it's going to be so exciting. But it's not going to happen. We're going to miss out unless we're walking with God in the garden. That's our everyday normal. We're not hiding from him. We're just with him. Just in the cool of the day, to hear, to know how he moves, how he speaks to you, how he speaks to me is different to how he speaks to you to be honest when I'm reading kids books so often God speaks to me random prophetic 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 pictures when I'm speaking to the reading the books you know (sighs) I don't know it's just special (laughs) but God speaks to you in your in your own way he spoke to Adam and Eve the way he spoke to Adam and Eve he speaks to Hans the way he speaks to Hans he speaks to Paul the way he speaks to Paul like, but may we know the voice of the God, the voice of the God, the voice of God for us in our lives because it's normal for us to walk with Him. We hope you've enjoyed this week's message. If you have any questions or would like more information, please contact us at melbournelightschurch.com.au.